0: Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Here on the podcast, we share our stories of how Jesus has brought us from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters because with God, even the brokenness has incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friends, welcome back to Living in the Light. I am so excited to share with you today part two of the Rise Collective House story. If you haven't already listened to my first solo episode, I did one about the beginning of this dream and I shared pretty vulnerably about how God has just birthed this Rise Collective House Before my eyes. So I just want to encourage you to go back and to listen to that if you haven't already. But maybe you're listening today and you have no idea what the Rise Collective House is. I'm going to start by just sharing the vision so that you have a little context as I continue this story. The Rise Collective House is a year-long discipleship program for 12 women in their early 20s transitioning to life and career in New York City. The goal is that this year-long Discipleship Living Collective would help these women come to know and love God through the study of His Word and for their love for Him and for each other to grow as they live in close proximity to one another. I believe it's going to produce resilient disciples of Jesus into New York City, and I'm excited. In the last solo episode where I shared about the birthing of the Rise Collective house, I left off with a moment in the journey that felt like a sort of death of the dream. There was a specific property on Grove Street here in Manhattan that the Lord led me to pray over that I thought would be a beautiful space for the birth of this vision. When I saw the listing of the house on Grove Street, the vision came to life in a way that it never had before. It was the property that I saw online while quarantined in a farm in Arkansas, and I just began praying over it every single day. But then the property sold, the dreaming and the hoping, the praying and the interceding, all of a sudden I found myself confused and heartbroken, questioning if I even heard God's voice. And God met me in that place, as I personally needed time to mourn the loss of what I thought would be. He so tenderly walked with me, as a father does, and comforted my weary heart. Unmet expectations have been a theme of this past season of life. When I saw the door close, it wasn't the first door to close abruptly, and the compounded pain from what felt like loss after loss left me more discouraged than I'd like to admit. I'm learning that life rarely goes the way we expect it to go, and as hard as it is to believe in the messy middle, that in itself is the grace of God. I'm sure you have faced the reality of an unmet expectation or two. Maybe you're walking through that right now, and you want to know what it is that God is doing. When the door to Grove Street closed, I had no idea the doors that God had opened because I couldn't see from God's perspective. I had no idea the immeasurably more that He had in store. What I saw as defeat was actually just a turning of a corner, to take me through to the next step in the journeying to the place he had perfectly prepared, and one that was even better than my dreams. At that point, there was really nothing I could do besides trust that God's will would be done, and the gift was that with the closed door came a new surrender. A letting go that I wouldn't have asked for led to a freedom from the Father. Any faith and hope that I had mustered up in my own strength, any reliance on my own ideas or vision, it all faded away as I was reminded of who it was that was in charge. God was holding this dream together in his hands. I couldn't force the father to do what I wanted him to do, nor did I want to do that. And I learned that sometimes God kindly asks us again to let go so that he can have what was already his. All he was asking me to do was to have faith in him, to trust him with the outcome. Several weeks passed, in which I just continued life with God without much prayer or work in regards to the house. I just gave it to God. God, in his kindness, reminded me in that time that above all the dreams, and more than anything he could and was able to provide for me, he was the treasure. In the dream. I was his child, and he is my father. I was made for him, and my soul is at rest and happy in him alone, not in the fulfillment of a dream or a God-sized vision brought to completion. I also came to the point where I had to be okay with that being the end if it was God's will, knowing that faith and hope are never wasted. I had grown in prayer and in dependence on Jesus, He had formed me in the process, and for that I would be forever thankful. But God wasn't finished with this story. One day I was on a run in the city, and I saw a for sale sign, and then another for sale sign, and I heard the Spirit gently nudging me to dream again. The faith was rising up in me, and I couldn't help but go for it and take the next step. It felt risky, but as soon as I got home, I immediately emailed the real estate agent who had been helping me with the project, and I told her I wanted to look at other options for the house. I began just asking the Spirit for this new direction and searching for properties with fresh eyes. God was restoring my faith and my hope and was inviting me back for new adventure. It wasn't long before a couple of new properties crossed my path that looked as if they had potential as a place God might want to bring this vision to life. And so my dad and I made some appointments for the following weeks to go and lay our eyes on the land. It was in this new property search where God showed me in a new and powerful way that he is truly able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. The thing about the property on Grove Street was that I really believed that it couldn't get better than that space for this vision. Everything about it was wonderful to me. It was unique, it was spacious, it was in a beautiful neighborhood. There were even details about it, about the street name and the number of the house that seemed very specific to the genesis of the dream. Really, I just thought I knew what was best and God was just giving me a glimpse into what he could do. And just when I thought it couldn't get any better, God builds my faith as he begins to show me his even bigger vision for this dream. Grove Street will always hold a special place in my heart, but God had different plans and was leading me to where we would be planted. We began round two of house hunting, and the first house we walked into truly left me speechless. It was significantly less expensive, yet way more expansive, It had spaces I hadn't even thought of and details that made my heart flutter. My imagination was widening as I took in a house that rivaled the beautiful house I was so attached to down on Grove Street. There were things about it that even made more sense than the first house we loved. And I started to even thank God that we didn't settle for what we thought was best. And it was in that moment, as I was walking around this house, when the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, I am the king of the universe. I pondered those words and am still meditating and pondering what that means. God was showing me a glimpse of what it means when he says, he is king of kings and Lord of lords. Colossians chapter one says, he is before all things and in him all things hold together the same God that laid the foundations of the earth and set the world into motion, who parted the Red Seas and knit my whole being together in my mom's womb. He had come up with this idea. The king of the universe was taking his daughter by the hand and leading her around Manhattan with her dad, leading them to the land he had marked out and set aside for this vision. He graciously bends low and whispers in my ear, that he's almighty and powerful. How can you not trust a God so big? In the defeat and the discouragement, I had forgotten who the dream was from, and God was showing me how big he was. It led me to fear him in a way that I never had, and it also filled me with an overwhelming awe and wonder at the goodness of our God. With each new property we went toward, God gave me new ideas. He opened our eyes to new possibilities. He showed us spaces even more unique and specific to this vision, ones that I couldn't have even dreamt up if I had sat there on my little booty and tried. God led my dad and I to properties in a different neighborhood, one that turned out to be a much better fit for a group of women in their early 20s just moving to the city. A verse that comes to mind as I think about this moment in the journey is Isaiah 54, verses two through three, where it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and your people, the desolate cities. Something that my friend and mentor Jamie has said to me in this process is You can't outdream God. And I have found that true time and time again in the past several months, as God has challenged me to believe Him and to trust Him for measurably more than I can ask or imagine. As I have pondered what it means that my Father is the King of the universe, God has brought me to the book of 1 Samuel. I read in my ESV study Bible that the themes of the book of 1 Samuel are the kingship of God, God's providential guidance, and his sovereign will and power. When God met me touring around a house in Manhattan, he was teaching me more about what that meant. His nearness was captivating as he drew so close to me in my heart in the process. My Bible says, God is the king of the universe. No human king can assume kingship except as a deputy of the divine king. God has been enthroned as king for eternity. Exodus 15, 18 says, The Lord will reign forever and ever. And as I continued to read and learn about the theme of the kingship of God in the book of 1 Samuel, I found myself awestruck by the faith of a woman named Hannah and her story in the first couple of chapters. It was through Hannah that Samuel was brought into the world. And Samuel would go on to anoint David as king over the covenant people. God then goes on to use King David's earnest desire to build a house for the Lord to indwell as an occasion to further his plan of salvation. He chooses David's line to be that of the Messiah King who would sit on the throne of David forever. In other words, Yahweh, king of the universe, promises David, a human being, that he will establish his house as eternal, never ending, forever. And this prepared the way for Jesus, the Messiah King, who would come to earth and live a perfect life, a perfect life of obedience to God the Father to the point of death on the cross for you and for me. And when we back up to the beginning of this story with Hannah, It all begins with prayer. I'm struck by the prayers of Hannah that preceded Samuel's life. Here we have a woman who is barren, and at the time in the ancient Near East, that was something to be ashamed of because it meant that she couldn't provide an heir for her husband. Though her husband loved her, her husband had a second wife because of her barrenness, and that wife began to verbally abuse Hannah, and yet Hannah has faith. And she commits herself to showing up to the house of the Lord, bringing her soul in prayer. It says she pleads and weeps before God, asking him to remember her and the desires of her heart for a child. First Samuel 1 verse 12 says, as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Verse 15, Hannah says, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. She promises to the Lord that if he would give her a son, that she would give him to the Lord all the days of her life. God answers her prayer and she says, I have asked for him from the Lord. And she does what she says Hannah dedicates her son, Samuel, which means offspring of God, to the Lord as a Nazarite. And she says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. And then Hannah prays to God a song of praise that begins and ends with the declaration that the Lord God exalts, he is the one that raises up. What is truly amazing in all of this is that God uses us. He uses ordinary people in ordinary places in the normal everyday lives of human beings to further his kingdom and to further his plan of salvation. By faith, dreams are birthed in car rides in the carpool line, while scrubbing bathroom floors. They're birthed as you're changing diapers, as you're diligently serving as a barista or doing your homework or working your nine-to-five office job. They are birthed as God gives us faith. He works it out in us and through us, and He graciously invites us to participate as He gives us the means and the method in which He asks us to do so. Hebrews 11, one through 2 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. God gives us the perseverance and the endurance to dream. And he doesn't need us to be in the place of power and position and prestige. He doesn't even need us to feel strong to work through our lives. Paul later says that his power is actually made perfect in our weakness. And we can trust, as it says in Romans eight twenty eight. we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. How he does this so beautifully and redemptively is beyond my understanding. And somehow he uses sinful fickle and inconsistent followers to further his plan of salvation my esv study bible reminded me that all human beings were created in the image of god humans are deputies who get to rule and subdue the earth for the glory of the king of the universe as deputies we are given the opportunity to participate with him and for him as he builds his kingdom and furthers his plan of salvation until Jesus returns to reign forever and ever. So in my searching, as King Jesus continued to reveal himself to me, he guided my surrendered heart to the space he had waiting for us. He has showed me to a home in a beautiful neighborhood with multiple garden patios and old stained glass window details. He continues to blow me away as each piece of this puzzle unfolds before my eyes. I believe it will be a sanctuary for the presence of God to dwell as each year 12 of his daughters live together in his love, learning more about who he is through his word, and what Jesus taught us about following him in our short time here on earth. The house is not yet officially ours, so anything really could happen. But I trust, I have faith, that King Jesus knows where, when, and how we will enter into the land that he has marked out for us. And in the meantime, I'm learning to wait and trust in faith with patience. It's not always easy. But it's always worth it. As it says in Psalm twenty-seven fourteen, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. I'm gonna close by praying through Hannah's song in first Samuel chapter two. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord my mouth derides my enemies because i rejoice in your salvation there is none holy like the lord for there is none besides you there is no rock like our god talk no more so very proudly let not arrogance come from your mouth for the lord is a god of knowledge and by him actions are weighed The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has born seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and he brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and he raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We give our lives to you again today. We thank you that we deserved nothing and you have given us everything in Jesus Christ. May your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening, friend. I'm honored you're on this journey with me. It's exciting to remember God's faithfulness as I share this unfolding story with you. God sees you, God loves you, God is with you, and you have the ear of the king of the universe, which means God hears you. Ask him questions, tell him what's on your mind, And maybe you decide today to invite him into the dreams on your heart. After all, he is the one who put them in there. If you want to subscribe to get weekly emails about new podcast episodes with show notes and links from the show, you can subscribe to the podcast email list in the show description. If you want to receive emails about the Rise Collective house and all that's happening in the ministry, Rise Collective Women, you can also subscribe to our Rise Collective Women email list in the show description next week november 15th through 19th we are going to be starting a new six-week bible study in rise collective women called god's unbreakable promises the teachings are by jenny allen lauren chandler and jada edwards and you don't want to miss this study it's a right now media study so all of the bible study videos the questions and the resources they're available to you to access and to participate in whenever and wherever you want When you join us in Rise Collective Women, if you want to join us for this study in the online community, sign up in the Google form in the show description. As always go in light and in love, and I'll talk to you next week.